Most nasal tumors also destroy bone. There are fine squirrels of bone within the nasal cavity of dogs, just like in people called turbinate. And so that bone tends to get destroyed as we go from one nasal compartment to the other. Welcome to Dog Cancer Answers, where we help you help your dog with cancer. Hello, friend. Thanks for joining us today. We're taking a listener line call from Holly. Holly is from the island of Kauai in Hawaii, and she has a senior dog with possibly nasal cancer. So let's listen to her question now. Hi, my name is Holly. I'm calling from the island of Kauai. I have a senior dog with probable nasal cancer who has bled from both nostrils with one episode lasting about 26 hours off and on. What is the actual mechanism that causes the bleeding? Is it that the tumor grows and bursts, or is it irritated and then bleed? Thank you so much. Joining us today is Dr. Brooke Britton to answer Holly's question. Dr. Britton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me again. So why do nasal tumors tend to bleed so much? Nasal tumors tend to bleed so much because the nasal cavity has a lot of blood vessels in it already supplying the nose. Mm. And they also tend to be highly vascular, meaning that they have many blood vessels that can form when the cancer develops to supply the tumor. And those blood vessels are typically very fragile and they tend to break very easily. And so they can bleed. I see. So is this typical, Holly's experience with her dog, of having the both nostrils bleeding at the same time and one for 26 hours? That would totally freak me out if my dog's yeah. nose was bleeding for over a day. Yes, um, it can be a very scary thing. And it can happen out of just one nostril. But when it happens out of both nostrils, we often think that it's either towards the back of the nose or it can be invading through the septum, essentially invading into both nasal cavity compartments. And so we can have bleeding out of both nostrils. And most nasal tumors also destroy bone. There are fine squirrels of bone within the nasal cavity of dogs, just like in people called turbinate. And so that bone tends to get destroyed as we go from one nasal compartment to the other. Mm. And we can also have the tumor invade into other parts of the dog's face and up into, in severe cases, into the brain at the back of the nasal cavity. There's a, a thin bony plate that separates the brain from the back of the nasal cavity. And sometimes um, as we're destroying bone and those structures, we're eating through blood vessels as well, the tumor, as it moves along. And so there are many different, unfortunately, many different opportunities as the tumor expands for the tumor to bleed. So not uncommon for us to see that. Okay. So her question about, is it the tumor growing and then bursting or is it just irritated? And your answer, it sounds like it could be both. Correct. The tumor itself can rupture or pieces of the tumor can break off as parts of the tumor die. The blood vessels that supply the tumor can rupture and the tumor can invade other blood vessels that are normal blood vessels supplying the face and the nasal cavity and can bleed that way. So is there anything that Holly can do to prevent or 
reduce the amount of bleeding? That is often difficult to do at home. If there is a severe nasal bleed like her dog had, unfortunately, the other day, sometimes it can be very difficult or impossible to get the bleed to stop without going to see a veterinarian. I would not recommend as we would if we got a nosebleed. Usually we're sticking a tissue up there and applying pressure. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend sticking anything up the nostrils of a dog with a nosebleed, but you can apply ice or sort of a cool pack to the bridge of the nose and potentially a little bit of pressure. But most of the times it's going to be difficult to prevent a dog's nose from bleeding. And if the nasal tumor is painful, a dog may not want you to touch their face or around their nose and then may shake their head or sneeze. And so holding your dog still and trying to stop a nosebleed is really hard to do. When we have a severe bleed like that, the recommendation is to go to a veterinarian's office or an, an ER, especially if it's after hours or in the middle of the night. If we're bleeding a large amount for, you know, the better part of a day or more than a day, we can start to have significant blood loss through the nose. So if it's just little drops here and there, they certainly add up over time. But if we've got blood just dripping out of the nose for several hours, that is more of an emergency situation and should be handled by a vet. Okay. What will they do at the vet in that case? How do they stop the bleeding and or address, how do they help the dog? So sometimes they actually have to, it depends on how severe the bleed is. I've had dogs with very invasive nasal tumors where they've actually had, this is rare, but they've had to surgically tie off blood vessels, uh, carotid, for example, to stop the bleeding. Oftentimes the vet's office can do things safely. They may plug the nose, but they can do it in a way that's safe that we, you know, sometimes again, people doing it at home, it's very difficult for them to safely manage that. But mostly if a tumor is eating through the nasal cavity and causing a severe bleed, treating the tumor, if that's possible, or sometimes using things like radiation therapy, which obviously requires an oncologist have to be used to get the nosebleed to stop. Mm -hmm. If the tumor is a certain type of tumor that is lymphoma or mast cell tumor, or even some of the solid tumors like carcinomas or sarcomas, sometimes we'll put a dog on an anti-inflammatory like prednisone or perhaps a different type of anti-inflammatory, sometimes a NSAID, although it depends on the situation. And sometimes taking down that inflammation can slow the bleeds or lessen them, or it may stretch out the interval in between bleeds. But again, that's something that shouldn't just be started at home. That's not on the advice of a a veterinarian. And it's not always an appropriate thing to do. So it depends on the dog. It depends on the dog and the case and what they see when you bring your dog in. There's no one-size-fits-all solution to these things. Absolutely. Let's take a short break here, and then we'll be right back. And now, a message from your dog. Oh, every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. Oh, I want to run. I want to sniff. Ooh, I want to find a good stick to carry. Oh, I want to roll in the grass. Oh, and warm my belly in the sun. Oh, I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. 
the green, glassy, beef liver smell wakes my senses. Oh, you may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy. It infuses any food you give me with healthy life vibrancy. Oh, I can feel it. Ever pop traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pop you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. If your dog has cancer, you need to get a copy of the best-selling animal health book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide. Because no matter what you've heard, there are always steps that you can take to help your dog fight and maybe even beat cancer. At nearly 500 pages, this comprehensive guide is your complete reference for practical, evidence-based strategies that can optimize the life quality and longevity of your dog. It's written by two of the most respected names in dog cancer, full-spectrum veterinarian Damian Dressler and veterinary oncologist Susan Ettinger. With the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, you'll learn everything that you need to know about conventional treatments, surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, including how to reduce their side effects. You'll also discover the most effective non-conventional options, including nutraceuticals and supplements and diet, as well as mind-body medicine. What I love most about this book, which I've used with my own dog, Kanga, when she was diagnosed with cancer, is how to analyze the options and develop a specific plan for your own dog based on your dog's type of cancer and your dog's age, your financial budget, as well as your personality. You can get the Dog Cancer Survival Guide wherever books are sold, but if you get it direct from the publisher, you will save 10% when you use the offer code, especially for listeners of this podcast. Just go to dogcancerbook.com, and when you check out, use the promo code PODCAST, and you will save 10%. The website again, dogcancerbook.com, and use the promo code PODCAST to save 10%. I want to let you know about an important newsletter. It's called Dog Cancer News. Now, with a name like that, it is not for everyone. But if your dog has cancer, you will want to subscribe. That's because every issue features articles that will be helpful, such as low-carb dog cancer diet recipes, new clinical trials, financial resources to help pay for cancer care, information on supplements, and lots of other helpful info that your veterinarian may not know or have the time to share with you. Also, when you subscribe to Dog Cancer News, you will get a weekly update on the topics covered on this podcast, along with links and resources. So how much does Dog Cancer News cost? Well, today, you can subscribe for free. 
It's our gift. For a limited time, you can get a full year subscription for free. No strings attached. Just go to this website to sign up for the newsletter now, dogcancernews.com. It takes less than 10 seconds to subscribe, and it is totally free. Do it now at dogcancernews.com. And we're back with Dr. Brooke Britton. I know that there are going to be some listeners who think, is this time for yin and bio, that Chinese herbal preparation that seems to help with blood clotting? Is that something that you would consider with your vet? Sometimes I do. A disclaimer about yin and bio is that it is a proprietary mix of ingredients that we don't truly know exactly all of what's in it. Yin and bio is a supplement And just like any other supplement that you or I might take, it's unregulated and oftentimes is shipped over from China. We don't know exactly what is in the capsule of Unibio or that there's consistency between the lots of Unibio that are produced. That said, the majority of dogs that I've used it in seem to tolerate it generally well. There's risk to any supplement or any medication, but if we're in a situation where we're having a bleed that we can't sell, it is possible to give Unibio orally as a capsule in an attempt to stop or lessen the bleeding. I wouldn't recommend doing this at home, but at a veterinarian's office, occasionally we will open the capsule and put the powder on gauze and pack gauze with it to try to stop the bleeding up the nose. But again, that is not something that I would recommend trying at home. No, because that's such, I mean, nasal tumors are so sensitive and they're so bloody. Yeah. I assume you're using some sort of guided imaging when you do that. You know what you're, you can see things that we can't see from the outside. And so there's ways you guys know the anatomy, but I'm not capable of sticking something, anything up my dog's nose and knowing that I'm not going to hurt my dog. So. Right. I would not recommend putting anything up the nose, cotton balls, gauze, Q-tips, anything up your dog's nose at home for any reason. Even if the blood is stopped and you see a little blood clot or something that you just want to swipe away. And if the dog has a good functioning immune system and their platelets are able to clot, eventually many times the bleeding will stop. But when we have a tumor or a ruptured blood vessel that keeps bleeding and bleeding and bleeding, sometimes it's very difficult, if not impossible, to stop the bleeding without more significant medical intervention. So when in doubt, I wouldn't touch things at all, (laughs) except around a bleeding nose and a dog at home. You know, again, if your dog is calm and the bleed is there, putting a kind of a cool compress or an ice pack over there is not unreasonable, but it's hard to know if that's really going to help. Oftentimes, a veterinarian needs to be involved if there's a severe nosebleed. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Britton. I really appreciate you joining us today. My pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you, listener. If you have a question for us like Holly did, please give us a call. Call our listener line at 808-868-3200. That's where you can leave your question as a message. And hopefully it will inspire a future episode. Another fabulous resource to ask about how other dog lovers handle issues like nosebleeds and other problems you didn't know you needed to know about is our Facebook group. You can join our Facebook group, Dog Cancer Support, 
by searching for it on Facebook or going to dogcancersupport.com. That's where we're all sharing in the highs and lows of loving a dog with cancer. I'm Molly Jacobson, and from all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I'd like to wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Thank you for listening to Dog Cancer Answers. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website at dogcanceranswers.com or call our listener line at 808-868-3200. And here's a friendly reminder that you probably already know. This podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only. It's not meant to take the place of the advice you receive from your dog's veterinarian. Only veterinarians who examine your dog can give you veterinary advice or diagnose your dog's medical condition. Your reliance on the information you hear on this podcast is solely at your own risk. If your dog has a specific health problem, contact your veterinarian. Also, please keep in mind that veterinary information can change rapidly. Therefore, some information may be out of date. Dog Cancer Answers is a presentation of Maui Media in association with Dog Podcast Network. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.